today's address more than a message is is about that I entitled this appropriate responses what is the appropriate response I mean look guys what should you do what should, in light of what's happening in the world what should I do well I need to do the, the right thing at the right time in life timing is everything right timing timing in business timing in sport timing in music timing is everything and timing is everything with response and this is an important question for me um, what's the first thing I should do in a moment like this well do you know my opinion care for people get the food in get the warm clothes in get the refugees out respond in care and love and do as much as you can and I salute all of you for your generosity thank you we need to get the practical aid in as much as possible amen <laughs> that's what we need to do now if you will forgive me could we just park that thought a moment can I just put that aside okay I'm just gonna leave that we're doing that I'm not ignoring that I'm up to my neck in that seven days a week at the moment organizing convoys and stuff like that of refugees and food and aid from different countries what else should we do what else should I do I mean look at what's happening it's, this is an amazing moment in history what should I do is a question what should I do theologically WWJD huh WWJD right now what would Jesus do we do you know guys remember I was telling you about driving to Glasgow I leave London and there's no sign saying Glasgow it's not there it just says north and you drive for days and on and on and on and on it just goes on it's hundreds of miles before you even see the first sign for Scotland and then when you go further suddenly you start seeing signs for Glasgow and the signs get more and more and more rapid more and more signs and what we're seeing on this journey of our lives folks is the signs are increasing and increasing and increasing and it's almost by the hour at the moment you've got to keep pace with the times so no more snooze button I don't know if you've got a snooze button on your alarm clock on your phone I have <laughs> it, my thing gives me it gives me three 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 opportunities to snooze snooze one 2008 Snooze two, COVID. Welcome to snooze three. <laughs> no more snoozes. No more snoozes. I truly, I believe that that's it, guys. I think we're here now, okay? Time to get up. Time to get up. Time for action. Time for action. Remember the difference between slumber and sleep. Sleep, you're incapacitated. Not conscious, you're out. But slumber is when you have the ability to get up. You can take action, but you choose to snooze. You choose to slumber. This is not a moment for that. So let's, res I mean, the, the signs could not be more clear. So in Jesus' name, Father, will you help me to do what I should do at the right time? Time, the things you've heard all your life, Michael, in church. The things you've studied, Stephen. This is the moment. 
This is the moment. This is the hour. This is the day. I counted my stuff at home. Every message I write, I keep every single thing I ever do for over 30 years. Right from day one, I've got the very first message I ever preached. I've got it in a box in the house. I've got about two and a half, three thousand messages stacked up in boxes in my bedroom. And of all of those messages, and I've said this for years, the most important message is this one. Isn't that amazing? I, as soon as I wrote this, which was about 15 years ago, I said, that's the most important thing I've ever said. And that's the most important thing probably I will ever say in my life. I still think the same today. What is it? <laughs> well, what should we do? It, P Peter mentions the same thing in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, the day of the Lord is going to come upon us like a thief in the night and the heavens will disappear. Boom! In light of this, how should we live? In light of the fact that these are the last days, how should we live? What is the appropriate response? And that scripture just it took a hold of me years ago. And I, I studied it. I meditated on it for a long time. And God spoke to me over a period about the appropriate responses for Christians to make in times of crisis. Jesus himself covered this. The appropriate response of the worship team here today, guys. Worship guys. If you're a pastor, push at the appropriate response of pastors. At this moment, Jesus told a story just about this issue. I'll read it to you. A man was going down from Kiev to Odessa. No. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and they beat him and wept. they went away and they left him half dead. Now, a pastor, listen to that. A priest was going down the same road. Like, say, it's Michael, a pastor, right? You're going to LFC. You've already got a ministry. And in, in this priest's mind, I'm going to my church. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a war on. I'm going to my church. I've already got a ministry. And that's what's important to me. And the priest unbelievably ignores the crisis. And keeps on going to his ministry. Next come the worship team. <laughs> so too a Levite. Here come the worship team. He came to the same place and crossed. Do you know what the worship group said? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm in my zone. I'm in my zone. I'm happy. And if I look, I don't want to see no war. I don't want to look at that. I want to keep my peace. I will take my peace away. And the important thing is my peace. And I will not get involved. What's the appropriate response? Well, the pastor went to get on with the work in his church. Remember when Jesus was going to the cross on the road to Jerusalem, he stopped to deal with Zacchaeus. Remember that? Wasn't too busy. He stopped to deal with the issue. Don't get so tied up in what God has called you to do, that you can't turn aside 
and deal with the issue. Worship team, don't worship hers. Don't get so concerned about your own peace and joy that you don't care. That's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Hello. <laughs> what is the appropriate response? Do you know what the priest and the Levite said? Whew, look at this guy. He's been beaten up. There's blood all over the place. This is a mess. The priest and the Levite said, what will happen to me if I get involved in this? Just turn the other way, you know. This looks, but maybe he's dangerous. What will happen to me if I help him? But you know what the Samaritan said? What will happen to him if I don't help him? Complete reversal of perspective. One of them, the two of them had the wrong response. So what is the appropriate response for you and me? Number one, don't run out of the room. Make sure you're saved. Sorry, guys. John deals with this in, in, in John chapter 1. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of emotional responses, or of a husband, if you like, but born of God. And in many churches, when I bring this issue up, do you know what people do? You know, give us... Give us Meat, not milk. I know how to be born again. Really? People have written books this thick on this topic. Do you know that? Learning people. Don't be so quick to presume upon salvation. I'm warning you. Are you listening to me? Make sure you're saved. Do you know Mary's missed her flight to Colombia, broke her heart and she had to go again 10 days later and she was standing at the door now we're going to Heathrow if we're, if we, we're not going to be coming back we're not going to be coming back you can't come back if you've, if you've forgotten something so she's standing at the door with her case in her bag so before I close the door before we go to Heathrow I said, have you got your passport? <laughs> and she said, yeah it's in my pocket What's the appropriate response? I want to see it. Get it out of your pocket. It's in my pocket. Get it out of your pocket. I want to see it. This needs to be a no risk strategy. There's no way back. You're not coming back. When we leave now, your plane is gone. You need to make not sure, double, triple, quadruple sure that you're getting on that plane. Show me the passport. Double check. She got it out. Now put it in your pocket. Now close the pocket. <laughs> now, you see, repent, believe, be baptized and receive. Are you born again? And this is the naivety of the answers that I get. Well, I've repented. Well, you don't understand what you're doing there. Don't understand what you're doing. Jesus himself said this there was a great celebration in LFC one day it was a wedding and there was lots of people in the room and all everyone accepted everyone else you know that they all loved one another and accepted one another until Jesus walked in the room and Jesus said who's that and everybody said that's Mrs. Stone so that's Mr. Stone so they're in my cell group 
And Jesus said, the king said, take that person and throw them out. They're not mine. Wow. Jesus said, many at judgment day will say, Lord, Lord, I work miracles. Jesus, there's power. I worked miracles, I prophesied, I was healing people in your name. What do you mean you don't know me? Just be careful now, won't you? The question, are you saved, should never, ever be taken lightly. And even with Nicodemus, there's four, there's four things you should really double check, triple check, quadruple check, folks. Yes, repent. Yes, believe in Jesus Christ, which is a different thing. Yes, get baptized in water. But above all of those things, be spirit-filled. Be spirit-filled and keep the spirit. It's the most important thing for me on that list. It's a journey, you see. And when I get to that last part and I receive the spirit, the Apostle Paul calls this an earnest, is the Greek word, it's a deposit. It's like buying a house. You see a house, you like the house, you get the deposit, you put the deposit down and the name changes, right? Now your name is on the title deed, but who owns the house again? The bank, <laughs> the bank. You don't own the house, the bank owns the house. You need to finish the payments. That's why it's called an earnest. So, I'll ask you again, are you born again? Are you going to heaven? You need to finish the payments. So the Apostle Paul says, I repented, I believed, got baptized, and I have received the earnest. But with fear and trembling, I will work it out until I'm actually in heaven. Do you get it, folks? It's an important question. So when people say to me, you know, I, I want to ask you the, today, make sure you're saved, listen carefully, Make sure you're saved by making sure that you remain spirit-filled. Make sure you're saved by making sure that you remain spirit-filled. Yeah, that's a better piece of advice than you realize. <laughs> Make sure you're saved. Where do you want me to go? I can go all over the place. Parable of the ten virgins. They were all filled with the Spirit, and then five of them hit the snooze button. And five of them fell asleep and they weren't spirit-filled. Make sure you're saved by getting spirit-filled and then remaining spirit-filled. Right? To Nicodemus, he said the same thing. Secondly, whew, it's in Philippians, Paul talking here. Wonderful. He says, this one thing, this is my appropriate response as I'm getting older. I want this one thing, that my passion will be the same as Jesus as I'm dying. Many people dying today, <laughs> sadly, but true. I used to love snooker. I could play snooker all day, all day. Had another guy, same as me, we used to, uh, snooker partners. He was great, he had the same passion. I could not get enough of snooker. For some people it's football. Some people it's their career. No problem, no problem. But maybe you've got your business. No problem at all, fine. Maybe Paul was a tent maker, you know? Maybe he's fascinated with tents, I don't know. 
He's certainly fascinated with theology, isn't he? That was definitely where his brain was at. Do you know what Paul is saying? I need to put the tents away a minute. The things I've done that have brought me thus far, I need to put some of that stuff aside. And I need to focus. He said, as I leave this world, I want to be found focused on the same things as Jesus Christ. Right? So no problem. You may have pursued many things in your life, but some of them, it's appropriate at the moment that you put them aside. Those dreams, those ideas, especially with the shortness of time as we see it. Thirdly, and this, I, my spirit was just prophetically stirred. I'm not going to look at anybody because I've seen some of your faces on this point. Tell your family about Jesus. Again, <laughs> tell your family again. I told them before. I've told my sister ten times. I told my brother, not going to listen to me anymore. My brother's dead. Not dead. He's dead towards God. I gave him the gospel and there's no life in him. Mary's loves flowers. I'm not a flower person, really. She loves flowers. She's been gone three weeks. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord. You should have seen that three weeks ago. It was glorious. So, I had her on the camera the other day. She says, are you watering the flowers? Yes. Are you watering the flowers? Do you talk to them? I said, I, I can't speak Spanish. You talk to them in Spanish. They don't mind speak English. They don't know a word I say. It's pointless. Anyway, I spoke to this one and look at the state of Hannah. <laughs> so she said, you need, I said, look, they're all fine, but something happened, Sybil, Sybil, sorry, but there you go. Something happened, Sybil. I think she, she's passed away. So I said, I'm going to put it in the bin. So she just screamed at me. Don't put it in the bin. I'm coming back. I'm coming back and when I come back I'll speak to it it looks dead to you it may look long dead it may look like there's no point no hope but I'm coming back don't put it in the bin leave it there now she's done this to me before yeah and I could not I could not believe that because it was a stick <laughs> there was nothing it was completely dead and she said I will make it grow and about five months later there's this glorious thing in the house I thought man how do you do that I tell you how you do it you water it you talk to it. Well, maybe you don't talk to it, but you know what I mean. You see, look, look. Date palm. Date palm seeds. Amazing things, a seed. When you spoke to the people and you told them the gospel, that's a seed. It's a seed. But it's dead. Wait, 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 wait. It's a seed. And do you know what date palm seed? You can take this home... 
and you can put it in your cupboard and come back in a hundred years and plant this and you get a date palm. Isn't that amazing? What is more, you can leave it in your cupboard for 1,000 years and come back home and plant this and you'll get a date palm tree. What is more, you can take it home and you can leave it there for 2,000 years. Date palm seeds have the longest, what's the dormancy of all seeds known to man. That's incredible. The seed, if you, if you what, if you plant it, it's, if you've spoken to them, you've spoken to them, that seed is in there, go back and water it. Go back and water it. Call them. Hi. Crazy world situation at the moment. Right? This is a brilliant moment to call them again. And maybe they're waiting for that conversation. They're ready for that conversation because of the crisis we're in. So I am prophetically telling you this has been stirring in my spirit. God wants you. Go back and tell your family again. Tell them again. Remind them of the gospel. Fourthly, what's, these are appropriate responses. Tell my family. Make sure I'm saved. Fourthly, pray. Sounds simple. But I've held a lot of meetings with different pastors groups. and There's a lot of guys very confused out there. Uh, Pastor Mike, I've got a question for you. Should I pray for Putin to get shot in the head or should I pray for him to be saved? You know, yeah. Right, okay. So not quite clear on your prayer life there. So we need to talk about that. So Christians, I'm talking about genuine Christians who don't know how to pray. Because I've never been in this situation. Never been in a war situation. In a crisis situation. So they don't know what to do. On Wednesday nights we've been looking at some of that. Where Paul multiple times says pray in the spirit. Because you don't know what to pray. You don't know how to pray. And if there's ever a situation in history. Goodness me today. I have all the sympathy in the world if you don't know how to pray. Because it's a very confusing situation fifthly and i love this matthew chapter 20 where you know jesus goes out and he he uh, the the workers in the third hour the workers in the sixth hour workers in the ninth hour and he goes and he finds the workers in the 11th hour 2022 and he finds them idle idle doing nothing remember not probably doing nothing probably busy but idle in terms of the things of god and in every, in every church I have ever been in, the people who get themselves in trouble are the people who have not discovered their calling in life. I'm telling you. Just pastor a church for a week. <laughs> You'll soon discover that. The people who get themselves in trouble are the people who haven't found their own calling. And so they're busybody with everybody else's business. What's he doing? What's she doing? That's a sure sign. As soon as someone has their call, they won't talk to you about anybody except God and what God is doing. Hello. That's idle. That's idle. Idle in the last days. And there's a brilliant promise here. Do you know what Jesus does? He comes to the end times church. Everybody, including those who got confused and they were meddlers and they were idle. And he says, I'll take you. I'll take you. You who have been idle perhaps for years, I will take you today. 
because there's a war on, right? I love that. I love the generosity of Christ. Sixthly, and I have to say this because Jesus said it, Paul said it, and Peter said it. So if I don't say it, I'm not doing my job. Warn the end times church about false teachers. Because many will come with a false gospel and they will confuse people. So be very careful. Just like I said about the news, you need to also be very careful of the church as well and get good, solid evangelical teaching. We need to watch, and I've mentioned this to you many times, but Jesus, at least two times, he says, keep watch, keep watch, keep watch. Watch what's happening in the world and watch politics, watch economics, watch wars, watch earthquakes, watch ecology, watch plagues, watch astronomy. We nearly got wiped out in 2018, by the way. The asteroid went past the earth at half the distance from the moon. Very, very close mess. Watch astrology. Watch the European Union, watch the Middle East, the church in Israel. And I would plead with you, maybe you're not a watcher. Maybe you're not a watcher. That's not been your tradition. You're tied up with your life. Jesus says, watch. Watch so that the day doesn't surprise you or take you unawares. Eighthly, please don't hoard wealth. The book of James. Woe to you! You knew it was the last moment, but you chose a bigger barn. I've accumulated so much, what shall I do? I'll build a bigger barn and then a bigger barn. Oh, foolish man. Be careful of hoarding wealth in these days because it will, it's like investing in the Titanic, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not a good investment, not a good long-term investment. One of the most outstanding news reports last week, I'm sure you've all seen multiple news reports. One of the most outstanding news reports for me was on the, 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 the refugees heading out of Kiev. You know, that was 40 miles long queue or something of people, cars, vans, and people walking with bags trying to get to Poland or to Romania border where we have pastors there. And one of the newscasters, it, was, it just stuck in my mind. She was talking to the camera and she was walking down the line saying, look at all these people. And over her shoulder in the ditch, there was cases, suitcases of all sizes and colors, all just thrown along the ditch in the distance. And she was talking into the camera and she said, oh yeah, let me explain what, this, what all this is. All the people walking down, she said, I will read, you see, 30 kilometers this way is Kiev. And the people are in their homes. And in their minds they think, we can only take what is essential. And they fill four cases. This is what I need. I must have this. And then they start to walk the first 10 kilometers. And they say, Do you know, can I just rethink that a moment? And the first case goes in the ditch. Help yourself. Actually, I was mistaken. I won't be taking it with me. And then they go on for another 10 kilometers in the freezing cold. Say, can we stop a minute and just rethink this business of stuff? Do you need that? Don't actually. Okay, second case 
in the ditch. Four, three, two, one. Until, as you've all seen, some mothers running up to the border with only a baby and nothing else. What's important, guys? What's important? What do you think is important? What do you think is important? And what's actually, what's actually important? Apostle Paul says, I want to be found focused on Christ and the kingdom as I pass from this life. Watch your debt. It's the same point. Don't hoard wealth, but watch debt, particularly because the Antichrist will have some part in finances and control. So you really want to try and minimize debt as much as you can. Be ready. A readiness. Uh, gosh, it's on a daily basis at the moment. Each and every day, get myself ready before Christ. I'm coming to the end here this morning. As Michael said, it's very important. In Matthew 24, Jesus talks to you, right? And he says, there's going to be earthquakes, famines, wars, pandemics, and they're going to cover the whole earth. Several billion people will die. Okay? Now, why does he say that? Does he want to frighten you? No. He's informing you. He's informing you because he loves you and if you're if you're not informed you're going to be worried and anxious and confused okay I'm not worried I'm not anxious I'm certainly not confused because I read the book this was prophesied that it would happen but if people don't know that then they get worried then they get confused but God loves you God loves you God loves you and he's not telling you these things to frighten you He's telling you these things so that when the storm comes, you will have the appropriate response. You will be doing the right thing at the right time. God is good, I tell you. He is so very, 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 very good. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to finish with Matthew 20 again. Uh, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Because it concerns all of you. Jesus goes out at the last moment. It's just about to wind everything up here. Just about to return to earth. Okay, do you know what? I'm going to give them another shot at this. I'm going to give you another chance. So he goes to the laborers or the, those who have been idle for their lives. Distracted by whatever. And he offers them that moment. And I think he was just indiscriminate with that. I'll have anybody. 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 Do you know in the war in Ukraine, do you know what happens in situations like this? The president will say, how many people are in prison? How many sinners in this country? Huh? 10,000 people, president, in our prisons. Release them all. Release them? They're murderers. Sinners. Release them all. Every one of them. Bring them out here. Prisoners are released. There's a war on. We need every man. That's what's happening here in, in Matthew chapter 20. There's a war on. And all of those of you who have been sitting idle in a cell or wherever you've been, 
I'm offering you the chance to respond in the last moments and join my army. But I've got another 10 years. We're going to wipe all that out. And I will reward you equally with those who have worked all day. This is a moment. Do you know there's more people alive on the earth today than have ever lived? There's more human beings on this planet today than have ever lived in all history. Now that's an evangelistic opportunity. Amen? And I pray that we, whoever you are, whatever your history is, engaged or not, I ask you to, to, to take the appropriate response and offer your life in service for Jesus Christ. That's the right thing to do at the right time. Do it today and do not delay. Do not delay. Shivani, come down here a minute, please. Just come and take a seat. I was talking to Mary last night. We had to pray several times because she was out and about. Just sit there one moment. She had to go to the dentist. So she went into the dentist. It was the dentist guy, the assistant, and some receptionist. She went in, so they did her teeth. I said, how did it go? And she said, well, they did my teeth. And then I began to tell them about Jesus Christ. And 45 minutes later, all three people in the dentist had their hands, just raise your hand, and they prayed and they asked God to come into their lives. Well done. So she said, then I went to the church. She was preaching last night. And four people at the end of that service came forward and said, I want to repent and I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And she texted me late last night and said, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. Not idle. Not idle. Very busy in the kingdom. Tell your family. Tell them again. Talk to them. She talks to them. Talk to them. Water them. Pray for them. And watch that seed come back to life, even for such a time as this. This lady here has a cracking evangelistic spirit. Really good evangelistic any, any, any Anybody want that? I do. Anybody want that? I'm going to ask Shabani to, to pray for us. That we will leave this place and we will have the appropriate response in all of these ways. Come, stand with me, folks. Thanks, Shabani. Thank you.